0: Hello and good evening, everyone. This is uh, our grinds. Welcome to our uh, channel, to our show, to our podcast, however you want to call it. Podcast. Welcome. I am Darren Redwine, your host, also known as Big D. And these are the people that make this podcast successful. I've got Chef Bo on the call here. What's up? You see on a regular basis. Hello, Bo. Hello. And then I got Hammerhead yeah. Tim. I Jennifer. hope you're well. <laughs> I am. I, um, I think we're all well. And I'll just speak to the audience. Yeah, we're doing great.
1: Everyone's doing good.
0: I was actually doing Bo as well, and I hear that he is. I am.
1: I'm I'm very well. Thank you. That
0: is. Thank you. So for those of you that do not know, you can jump in early on this podcast and watch us kind of go through this process of starting the podcast on our YouTube channel. It's on our Grinds on YouTube. R G R I N D Z. And on YouTube, just look that up. You'll see uh, Hammerhead Tim, and you'll see Chapeau, and you see myself on there. And yes, we do. You know what? I might even see Darren Redwine's Zoom meeting. They may even say that because that's literally what I'm looking at. So yep. that's probably what it says. So what it says? That's I what it says. R Grind. Yeah. Well, Right now, it's going to say you're in my Zoom meeting. So feel like you're in a meeting and in the, in the, um, you're interactive. That'll be great. If you want to email us, email us at rgrindscrew at gmail.com. And we can talk about whatever it is that you want to talk about. It's a safe room, open to everybody in the hospitality industry. At least that's what we focus on. Mm. If you're a, a political person, yeah. Yeah, we really don't want to hear from you. Wrong podcast. Yeah, go find the other <laughs> 250,000 political podcasts. Find the other guys. About. Yeah, I'm sure you can find one that you can go back and forth with. But here, we talk hospitality. Hammerhead Tim is a former chef, and it's in his title on the screen here, Chef Beau. Uh, unless it's chef in his own mind. Uh, wow. Way, but Shots fired. But that visual confirmation, the guy can come. We both know.
1: Thank and you. What, what can I say?
0: Uh, enjoyed and, we're many all, and we're all in the same uh, industry together. Yes. Yep. So we uh, vetted each other. So That's you're right. Good. You're in a good place if you're a part of this uh, YouTube channel and listening to this podcast. So let's get on with it. What are we talking about in the hospitality industry today? And I think I'm going to go ahead and throw it over to Hammerhead because I believe he had a pretty good topic. Tim, yeah. what you got? I was I was uh, dreaming about marketing. All how right. how does a restaurant owner or the person in charge of that determine how much of the resources from the restaurant or whatever he's got uh, is used for marketing? How does how does someone determine how those marketing dollars are spent is it uh, like on the radio is it done uh, door hangers? is it a social media thing How, how do you determine um exactly how much and how to focus that those resources on stuff i've never been in that position to do that um how how does an owner or person in charge of that how do they figure that out is it they just throw it at everything and hopefully something sticks. Do they hire a, um, a marketing company and let them decide to do that? And, and, and how much are you supposed to spend 1%, 10%? I mean, we all know that that's how, wh- one of the main ways we get people into our restaurants is with those marketing dollars. It, 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 and, and like, uh, Darren, like you and I have discussed in Bo. um, we do believe it starts with your menu. You know, your menu is one of the things that, that, that is a giant marketing tool. So that has to be perfect. And your online presence. So I understand about that part. But what about all the other things? And I was just kind of wondering what, what you guys either thought about it or what you've experienced in your past. Well, I think that's a good question, good topic. And I was thinking maybe we could kind of role play a little bit. Ooh, so, much. Yeah. so let's pretend those are good questions, Tim. So why don't you ask Chef Bo? Bo, you obviously have been in the restaurant business for quite some time. Yes, yes, I have. I offer. <laughs> yes, I have. Uh I'm sure you've been on multiple meetings uh with uh restaurant owners in mm-hmm. the corporate world. So there is probably a marketing department, maybe mm-hmm. a lot of feedback that you have to offer. So Tim, why don't you go and just ask them? What's the first question you would ask? They you were just starting out. What would you want? Bo, how do you determine uh where your marketing dollars go and how much do you spend maybe on a percent wise um on those marketing dollars uh oh,
1: easy question difficult answers um we'll start with the last one first usually you budget between 1 and 5% of your gross profit for your marketing right that's just rough numbers um
0: so, hmm. i mean some things might not be very much so let's right. say um, my uh, gross profit dollars
1: um for the month is fifty thousand uh yeah we're looking anywhere from we're probably sitting right around twenty five hundred to three thousand dollars you know and that's going to saturate you in a lot of areas and then we get into the, the first question is like where do you do it and you have to be strategic in this you have to understand you know in a five mile radius your demographic uh your socio demographic age all that stuff comes into play because you have some areas that they're not social media savvy and they still read the newspaper so it'd be better to put a newspaper ad in right then waste the money on social media but then you have other demographics that are big time into social media so you would want to put the money there and really focus on that um you know it's a very complex thing as far as where you allocate those dollars but I would say just kind of in general right now, you definitely would want to be on social media because whether you have customers, potential customers that read the newspaper, they obviously know somebody who's savvy in social media that they speak with, whether it's grandkids, whether it's their kids, whether whatever it is, you know, to to make that saturation count because you got to get an ROI on that, right? If you're gonna spend twenty five hundred to three thousand dollars a month, that's gonna to have to generate anywhere from ten to fifteen thousand dollars a month in extra revenue to make that make sense you know so i mean there's still restaurants that do i don't know if everybody remembers back in the day remember we used to get those the in the mailbox there'd be like that big freaking envelope of coupons right yeah. and then you know there was a, get those. yeah and there was a ton of restaurants in there right where the pizza place whether it was whatever and then you have like uh publications like the penny saver you have your local newspaper you know the print ads basically um in some markets it's good to do a tv spot on a local TV channel, if, you know, really to, to garner that business, but that's going to take a big chunk of your budget. You know, you're going to do two or three, you know, TV spots. Um, So what's the ROI on that? You know um, it's, it sounds simple, but it's so difficult to figure out where to, you know, point that laser to attract what you want to attract.
0: So if I'm a new restaurant owner and I don't know any of those things, mm-hmm. um, and you know, like I don't know that I'm gonna run it on TV, it's only gonna be on a few spots, it's gonna run a, a huge dollar into my yeah. pocket, my pocket, it it cost me a lot and I may not see a, a whole lot out of it. So should I be hiring someone to do that?
1: Not right out of the gate. If you're a new restaurant owner and and you kind of don't know what to do, I would say this. You you do what's called a grassroots movement, right, where you print up flyers, you print up your menu that you've spent a lot of time curating and making sure it's perfect. And you put samples of your food together and you drop it off places like your local fire station, your police station, your chamber of commerce, um, okay. you, the businesses around you and maybe offer the businesses. Maybe you're in a strip mall and you have eight or nine, ten other uh, businesses that are there, you offer them a discount. You offer their employees a discount to rummage up business. And you kind of do a word of mouth grassroots movement as your first leg of uh, marketing yourself out there, right? Because you got to remember when you're a first time restaurant owner and you're opening your doors for the first time, you're going to forget stuff. Things yeah. aren't going to go 100% all the time. The last thing you want to do is have 100 people in line and screw something up, like forget brewing iced tea. And now people have to wait for the iced tea. Well, that's a bad review, right? That's, oh, service was slow, had to wait for beverages, you know, whatever it is, you know, so really to do that grassroots movement is probably the best thing to do up front. And then from there, talk to other business owners in the area, what are they doing? You know, if you're in that strip mall and you see the parking lot full, what are those other people doing? Is it just a sandwich board outside? Are they flyering? Are they putting pamphlets out? Are they on social media? You know, what's their plan of attack? You know, we are in the restaurant industry now, we are in a a peculiar place because you can get some some eyeballs on your menu through the third party delivery, right when they post your menu up online, be it, you know, DoorDash, Uber Eats, Grubhub, Postmates, whatever that is, they'll put your menu up online, you're going to get some eyeballs, you might even get some orders, you know, but really to market it, it's start grassroots and then go from there. What is what are your customers into? You know, or do you see a lot of people in your restaurant that are reading the newspaper? Huh? Guess what? Put an ad in the newspaper. You see a lot of people, a lot of customers in your restaurant on their phone. Oh, then hit the social media side. Now, you really got to kind of read your customer base around you, you know, to make sure that you're getting the best penetration
0: possible. Well said, man. You know, while you are doing that for all these people that are listening? Going, you know, I'm going to Google this. Mm-hmm. So I did that. There was a little bit of difference on the percentages, but well, with, I mean, they, they say three to six percent.
1: Oh, I'm sorry, so with, I was way off. Yeah, I mean, well, done <laughs> as far off. as
0: if you subscribe to these other people, to yeah. their opinion out there as well. In my experience with the in the corporate world of marketing your restaurant, it's right around that same number as well. And then you kind of make sure you attach those those ads or that advertising where there's some way you can track that in the restaurant. Yeah, that is some of the biggest mistakes that restaurant owners make. They put something into uh, a print ad or all those things, except for the social stuff. You can usually track that. But th- that is a little tricky, too, by the way. Um, yeah. Monitoring the uh, what you get from social media posts.
1: Well, there's ways Why? to track the social media stuff. If you put in your social media like a hashtag, if you say hashtag, you know, Darren's restaurant, you get 10% off. Well, OK, there, there's a and way to know, track it.
0: Right. And then you set up a button on the POS. Yeah. And you use that every time and it keeps track of it. Right. But it's you know three to six percent I think is reasonable. Mm -hmm. You know if you're brand new I think you should put that into your cost right away because you got to get the word out right. You got to cast the big net uh, of people out there. I don't necessarily agree with what they're saying here that some places spend up to thirty percent on marketing. I I don't know that's that's a lot. We don't necessarily spend that on the paper ads that go in the mailbox. I mean you and I. We both throw that stuff directly in the trash. Yeah, everybody. and Bo brought the, and Chef brought that up. You know what what is hitting in your area? I mean, maybe yeah. you know in the senior citizen home where that's what they do. They want to read the paper. Yeah, in those high areas retirees and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Maybe an ad in there is pretty good. Or um, the little coupon books. You know, some people back in the day still like looking through those. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of advertising in those because you get those people that are just cool. looking for the coupon ads. Mm-hmm. But same time if you're surrounded by them you got to let them know you're there and i'd rather have someone coming in using a coupon between two and four than nobody coming in
1: yeah so right. yeah i mean then
0: and... so a little bit of revenue and you still got labor there you still got the building to pay for absolutely you just you just tailor it to where it uh, has the best impact for you which is typically in those downtimes of two and four thirty or two and five you know yep. the blue the blue what the blue hair special i guess kind of what we used to talk about like yeah silver fox uh, yeah special blue plate call it yeah it's blue... great you're a silver fox i i, I am <laughs> i a fight though I'm, I'm a sly brown fox right now yeah <laughs> but you know,
1: look, i i would you say, say i would i would put out a word of caution if you're a restaurateur out there an owner for God's sakes, please do not do the two for one coupons because then oh, you're going to attract the exact people you're talking about there and the people yeah, that just want to go eat for not. that. I was
0: those people. What else is bad about a two for
1: one? A, a two for one, you're not going to make any money. Right, and those people you you hope when you run a two for one, like oh well, we'll get them on the beverage, we'll get them an appetizer because it's just entree. Now guess what? Those are the people that order water with lemon slices, right? They just order the entree, then they want to split plates, then they want to take it home, and then they're gonna and have your ranch. yeah and a side of ranch, and they're gonna have your servers running for, no, and then they're not gonna tip your servers, right? You're not gonna make any money on that. Either get well, around, around where
0: I'm at, they have that book that they do. Buy one, get a second 50 percent off. So you basically are still giving away all your profit.
1: Yeah, you're still giving away all your money. I mean, don't don't do that. Run a discount. <clears throat> you know, if you're going to do a coupon thing, run a discount. Run it at you know, and make sure you can handle that financial impact because there are people out there, like Big D said, they simply look for the coupon and then they're going to go. They'll
0: you move know. right on to the next.
1: Coupon yep. That comes. They'll move right on to the next happy hour that starts an hour later. You
0: don't have a coupon, they won't come.
1: Yep. You know, and and so try not to do that. You know, just not only that. Sorry to No, go ahead.
0: No, no, Not go. only that, they won't tell anybody about your place. hmm They won't promote you. They'll just come in and get their their discount or whatever that whatever it is. And they also do not appreciate it at all. True. Even if they came in for a two for one, they still don't appreciate even what that is. They just want the free discount. Yeah. That's it. You know, it's 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 sad, but that's what it is, and that is why, in my opinion, people always pay for quality.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They will always pay for quality because there will be a difference. They will notice it. If you hit on all those cylinders, you won't want or need a coupon.
1: True, very true. You, won't. you
0: won't. Yeah. and you'll get loyalty, and you'll get repeat guests, and you'll get guests that have no problem talking about
1: you. Yeah, but I want
0: somebody else. This is where you got to go.
1: I I will say this, though, as a a one time, long time operator is do give discounts to your fire department, your police department and the people in the service industry.
0: Why?
1: Because they they are the ones that will talk. They are the ones that will bring in and they're loyal. They will bring in as long as as long as the food quality is good, the service is good. They will continuously come back because people in the service industry want to support other people in the service industry. That's just our nature. And then you got your your police and your fire. Hey, you could have a four top. You know, I mean, how how much more protected do you want to be in this day and age? If you have a four top of your local police officers and another four top of your local firefighters, your restaurants protected. Right. If if anything happens.
0: Yeah. The whole
1: force. It's the whole force that's rotating coming in. You know, and that sends a message that you're a you are a community based restaurant. You know, and that's really what you want to be.
0: The reason I, I I asked why had almost zero to do with what you just said. Oh really I I, I look at and why I do that or why not, I'll buy the cup, the coffee when he's in line at Starbucks with me or whatever coffee house I'm at mm-hmm. um is you know because I know what they go through. Yeah, I know absolutely. the job that they, that they do, and it sucks. Yeah. It's not a pleasant job. Um, and what they do for people um, is why I do that. Yeah. As a secondary thing, now putting it together, like you said, because they talk. I yeah. mean, look, I mean, if the average Joe Schmo comes in and you're buying him something nice to eat, he ain't going to go around telling everybody, he's just going to come back and, and want to eat.
1: Yeah. No, but that's a good point. Yeah. The fire department, the police department, what they go through, the service industry, even what they go through with rude customers and getting run ragged, you know, I mean, yeah. What they go through, why not give back a little bit? Yeah. The least I could do, you know, is, Hey, you know, your coffee's on the house or or whatever that is, you know, but I always invited the police and fire in my, my restaurants because I wanted to be protected. And you know, to your point, it's like, I valued their service and what they do, you know, but at the same time, it sends a message like, you, you want to mess around in my restaurant? There's a four top of cops right over there. You want to see how fast that dining room quiets down? Everyone all of a sudden minds their P's and Q's. Nobody's asking for extra ranch or sending food back or nothing. I mean, it's awesome. You
0: no. Know. It was, reminds me of this club I used to work at uh, before, you know, when a bunch of ships, I've shared this before. Where I was at a military base and we didn't have the MPs, uh, uh, at the at, at the front, mm-hmm. at, at the very beginning. But when more ships started coming in, they had, they would see the MP presence and going through the scanners. And then all of a sudden, things just got ran just very soon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not a problem. Mm-hmm. There's no the MPs are right outside the door. Yep. So it stopped. It was pretty cool. Hey, we had uh, a gentleman that is going to join us today. And I know we're going to go ahead and um, uh, talk to him for a little bit. Uh, Tim. Were you able to communicate with him to see if he wanted to jump back in? If not, we'll continue with the segment. Okay, Or me, uh, oh. we can talk about something else until we get him all dialed in. Ladies and gentlemen, you're in for a treat. We have a guest uh, this, uh, this week. Uh, he said uh, he has to skip it.
1: Oh, okay. Run out of gas.
0: <laughs> you, he you only he had did. 10 minutes of time? He can't get the audio. Uh, all right. Well, ladies huh. and gentlemen, there's showbiz.
1: There it is. Live and in living color.
0: That's live. So we're going to have to uh, hang tight with just the three of us. Let's just rock and roll it.
1: Let's do it. Let's throw we another topic out there. We got time. time. We got time for another topic, a quick one,
0: yeah. Uh, for another quick topic, uh, you know, it was interesting that you we brought up interest, uh, the differences between the front of the house and the back of the house and where that stigma of uh, us versus them kind of creeps in. Uh-huh. And when you think about it, it's it is a mentality thing, don't you think? Yeah. And on some level with some people. Oh yeah it can translate to different industries it's not just restaurants, it's ego
1: is well it, it well keeping really? it keeping it in restaurants for a second okay it sometimes it's not front of the house versus back of the house just by itself sometimes in the restaurants in the kitchen it's day shift versus night shift
0: oh yes, yes absolutely. right
1: i mean it's yeah. like they didn't prep it they didn't set my station i gotta scramble right? i hate that guy they don't yeah. even work together yeah,
0: they, they set us up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah we can't do nothing
0: man chef i
1: got 20 what? 20 minutes of prep i gotta get that where is it Look at this place. yeah then the morning crew comes in what they do last night a bomb go off in here man what like, happened you know, it.
0: yeah what do
1: that, yeah i gotta prep everything and reset all of it they didn't clean nothing
0: i mean that's just in the kitchen on the
1: floor yeah, yeah. You know, they couldn't even rinse the mats off last night, man. Whatever.
0: Yeah, it
1: oh, that's yeah. Yeah, you got shift against shift. And even if they rinse the mats off and they leave them outside to dry, it's like, oh, they couldn't even bring the mats back in last <laughs> night. <laughs> it's, it's always something. Freak, always.
0: <laughs> all the pans are dirty. I can't do bacon. I
1: got to wash all the Yeah, I, I got to scrub all the pans, Chef. Bacon's going to be 20 minutes late.
0: Do so you just think that's ego, huh, or is it just the human nature of um, you know, what we do in all uh, industries, as yeah, far think, as comparing I mean, ourselves to I think what the is. other guy did? I think it's ego, and it's you know I'm better than. It, it, really, it okay, is. So you shared a personal story with me just the other day with your boys, and he compared himself to, to your other son. Yeah. Is it where do you think that comes from, Dad? See, I mean, what we see it as adults today, that very yeah, same uh, thing, and your uh, boys that, are that, that is. That 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 may be human nature. Yeah, you're right. Okay. One one person always thinks that they're better, and I work harder, and I can do more than the next guy. Did you have that with your kids, Chef?
1: Hell no. They knew that they, they were all fighting to be number two because Chef's number one. So that doesn't matter. I.
0: <laughs> amongst themselves. Because I I'll tell you what. Yeah. Me, um, my daughter was lit when she did not go to the Bahamas with. Oh, really? Like, she deserved. How dare you (laughs) go to the Bahamas? This is after we're paying for her education. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, How dare you guys go without me? You know, I'm the one that loves to travel. (laughs) What? It's like, like, first of all,
1: what trip have you ever paid for on your own?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Who would love to travel? Because nobody went to Spain with you, right? Well, come on, I mean, yeah. yeah I was with the Girl Scouts, okay. Who's paying for that? Who's sitting out in front of Ralph's hawking cookies? <laughs> yeah, come. mom and dad. Yeah, I know that Ralph. Too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, come on. But your no. kids never had that.
1: No, before. they they do amongst themselves. I mean, it's the the three boys are kind of like Irish triplets. You know, they're they're very close in age. You know, I got two of them that are literally like, and forgive me, all the women out there, they're like twenty three days apart. Two of the boys. <laughs> wow. I was on a schedule. Boom, um, <laughs> boom, boom. Bo, keep her okay. pregnant. Um, but it was funny because it was just.
0: I you out the math. <laughs> Good so, luck. You know what's funny? I used, to, I, I used to, I used to trick to tell people when they would, because I do have twins. Yeah. And people would say to me, oh, are they twins? And I always go, no, I had him. And then four months later, we had him. <laughs> and, and it used to just mess people up. <laughs> sit there like trying to do the math
1: you just go or no she was pregnant for 18 months it's good yeah Yeah, so but it was like our daughter's the oldest one right so she was kind of just doing her own thing right and and she's four plus years older than the oldest boy but amongst the boys they do kind of fight amongst themselves and and kind of you know try and be who's the best and behave the best and Best grades and all that stuff. But then, usually at the end of the day, they all fucked up in one way or another. So they were all at zero. You know, I mean, but they were, but they've all grown up to be very, very individual personalities and they don't fight for spotlight. They all get their own spotlight for different reasons. um, Because it was just very much early on, it was like, I wanted them to be individuals. I did not want to have carbon copies of anything, be an individual and just, you know, promote that. But they, you know, in school, are trying to be the best baseball player, soccer player, you know, Boy Scout, all that stuff. I mean, because of it, I have three Eagle Scouts. Right? Nice. Yeah, you know, so that that nice. was, you know, That's once. A big deal, man. Yeah, so yeah. once once the first one got his Eagle, he was kind of side eyeing the other two, like, "How are you gonna top that?" <laughs>
0: yeah. You know. Wow. Three.
1: Yeah, so three Eagle Scouts came out of that. Um, okay. So there's some healthy competition there, trying to just. Not one up each other, but be just as good as, or hey, you're not better. It's more of the you're not better than me than the I'm better than you type of vibe. Oh, yeah.
0: Okay. And did that come from you, your wife, or just something?
1: Both, I think, you know, just kind of the, you know, embrace the difference, you know? But that's why in my restaurants too, is like, yes, I came up and when I was cutting my teeth and coming up, it was always front versus back. But then when I became the one in charge, you, this is how much of a control freak I am. I was the director of food and beverage and the executive chef in hotels. Um, you know, uh, I don't want nobody telling me nothing. Um I made them work together. I was like, You will knock this shit off right now. I'm not you're not playing mom versus dad because I'm both. You know, and his fucking you know, that's a
0: good point you bring up. That mom and dad thing that oh, happens in the hospitality industry. Oh, can be all pretty crazy as yeah, well.
1: Very crazy. And so when I got in the position where I could run both front and back of the house, I mm-hmm. made them get along and work together as a team, and told them. It's and I shifted. Out,
0: right?
1: And I shifted focus. I'm like, it's about the person sitting in the seat paying you paying your bills. That's what it's about. And once we shifted focus, everybody was on board.
0: Why not? Yeah. Well, that's very good. Yeah. It's interesting that you still see that today, though. Babe. Oh yeah, competing or looking at even as grown adults. <clears throat> I had some of my team tell me, you know, hey Darren, thanks a lot for not bombarding us with texts on a daily basis. I was, oh, well, you're welcome. Uh, but I'll tell you this: I'm going to treat you as adults mm-hmm. so until I don't get what I need. You know, until I get, until I wait, until I don't get what I need, then we'll keep doing it this way. But you know, I'm, I'm going to treat you as adults first. I'm not going to sit here and babysit you to do yeah. what you're supposed to be doing no. Yeah. I guess that still happens even in our industry in the manager level where you got people texting 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 and um they don't let them just do their job. It's interesting. The bad thing is that texting 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 turns into a social media type thing. Yeah. It, where yeah. now you're sending me pictures of your kids and you're sending me, you know, emojis and all that crap and like, "Hey, I I went to this taco and beer place today. Look at, you know, I really don't care about that. This is yeah. a text line for business. Let's conduct yeah. business. If you want to have a social post, then go to my uh, go to my Facebook go to my IG. Page. Yeah, you know it's, it's a two kind of it's interesting too. It's kind of lost effect of I'm I'm a big fan of this book called Fierce Conversations. And oh, it, to me, that. a text is a conversation. It can be so misinterpreted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes when you rely on that as a communication tool, that it, to me it's just. Uh, it's, it's not very respectable. You, you should at least face. have the respect of me and do my job and, and take the time to give me a call and explain something, right? Yeah. Can't see my face, can't see my facial expressions, can't see how I'm reacting one way or the yeah. other. I mean, that's part of what has been so difficult with with, um, with the mask, you know? Yeah, yeah I, facial I, expressions and all that we're used to. Yeah, I feel it's tough on my kids, you know? I mean, they're growing up and they they that's how they've learned to read people, right? Sure. They just lost two years of reading people. Well, part of people. Now they may just read their eyes much better. Well, maybe now they'll look in their eyes. You ever notice sometimes people don't make eye contact? Yeah, maybe. But, you know, uh, mask, good or bad, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that, you know, it it has been difficult on them. And so when it comes to the text line, I understand where you're coming from. It's tough because sometimes you might be sending me a text or maybe my manager or my VP sending me a text and I don't know the context that they're sending it to me because I can't read it in their language. Right. Or the way they intend it. Yeah. The way they, in- they Tonality. intend
1: Tonality.
0: Yep. But hey, so thanks. Uh, good topic, gentlemen. We're going to go ahead and take a break, everybody out there in uh, our grinds land. Uh, we're going to take a break and come right back. So hang with us. Go. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome back from the break. Uh, I am your host, Big D, also known as Darren Redwine. You've got Hammerhead, Tim up there, laying back, living large. Ah, soaking hanging my out. foot. Soaking, soaking the foot. Yeah, I hope you're not eating. And then, uh... <laughs> not you, our pet. Are you? <laughs> wait, wait.
1: Are you sous ving in the same water you're soaking your foot in? sous
0: <laughs> vide the right foot. That's yes, uh, and then we have Chef Beau with the culinary joke in there. The little <laughs> Welcome, everybody. You know, I wanted to talk about something with all of you. Because this is something that's kind of a... It, it kind of confuses me, or maybe I'm surprised. And that is, in some ways, a lack of success the Restaurant Association has with our government. Oh. Now, some of you may feel it's fine. Some people think it's okay. But when we went through this this whole deal... Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, how are we taking care of the restaurant industries? It was like pulling teeth. It seemed that way. If yeah. I, if, I'm the, if I'm the only one, let me know. No. But it seemed like pulling teeth to get help for these owners uh, of these of these companies trying to sustain in the restaurant industry. And when you say total shutdown and then offer nothing, it, it's almost like they just. And some of you may feel this, you know, a, a day and a day late and a dollar short, because we should have been brought this topic up, you know, six months ago long time ago yeah but we're still seeing some of it today when it comes to uh minimum wage in our own state the workers comp that people continue to have to pay now it's dipping into to where we don't even have the reserves for it so now we're putting the restaurant owner in a situation where they have to now up their donation or their contribution to the workers comp and this is all don't read into this as it's final just just check your own uh ordinance and area of what um, I'm having dog issues. Give me one second. Yeah. Walking all over my lap. There you go. You, you stand or going? Dog's all like, right, so you, you focus on me. I'm sitting here talking to her like she can understand me. But I think I'm not the only one that does that. No. A- anyway, um, all that stuff happening right now, why does it seem like the challenge to get some things pushed through? Why is it still that way? Do you guys feel the same way?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, look at the Q-pop. Out?
0: You mean as far as the restaurant association? Yeah. Because uh, you're don't... paying into it as a restaurant owner.
1: Mm-hmm. right?
0: It's, it's not a free service. Uh-uh. Right. Uh, I mean, yeah. other than maybe a little bit of marketing tools that they might throw out or something, <laughs> what do they do for you? Are you asking me? Yeah. I I don't know. I don't <laughs> know. Back Nothing. in the day, you want to be a part of it. We'd get together and talk about. uh well, they give you certain a areas? that hurt me. put on your on your walls at the door when you walk in. Yeah, yeah, you that's about any it. Customer goes, "Oh, look, they're part of the restaurant association. I'm going to eat here." They don't care. <laughs> they don't care. Well, and you would think they'd have some sort of uh, power to where they could negotiate on your behalf as far as employee insurance things like that but you still feel like you're on your own with them. you know like we would have the buying power of a collective unit similar to a buying program or a rebate program or something like that that you see pop up like a like a premier people know what that is but you say hey I'm a member of the restaurant industry these six areas that we know are part of the restaurant industry which is workers comp which is payroll which is a taxing um, Safety, OSHA violation, a a lawyer that will help go on your behalf on those areas. Well, how do they, how in the world do these cities get by with charging us crazy amounts of money to install a sewer system, right? Mm. When literally right next door, that person has a sewer system. The city itself set it up with taxpayer money Mm -hmm. to have water, sewer, and all that. But you're going to charge me. 80 100 200,000 to tap into it. And then when I finally pay that, yeah, you now tax me on my business. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. Right? We're yep. seeing that everywhere. How are we not able to lobby against that to get that as a percentage per square footage locked in? There's no more, oh, I'm going to do this because of that size of what you're doing is different, your concept's different, so I'm going to charge you this. I had a customer that had to go to paper plates because they wanted to charge them $80,000 to hook up to the water system. Jesus. And and that is because they can. Yes, how can they do that, and why doesn't the Restaurant Association have people that can fight those cases for you? How about architectural fees, structure fees that they're getting away with? Has anybody seen the restaurant industry, uh, restaurant association step up and say, hey, we got an advocate for you, What's the name and number? We'll take care of it from here. Nope. If you're a member of ours, we'll take care of it from here. Has anybody even heard of that? Nope. So we need clarification from the Restaurant Association. I wish they would email us and and let us know or come on to our podcast and, and advocate for themselves. I, well, I mean, we should just extend the invite. Yeah. We'll see. You might know anybody out there. I don't I know there's one person. Out there. Well, we can find uh, that. We'll find yeah. out. It's pretty easy. It's yeah. pretty easy
1: uh to my understanding the restaurant association they put out a great magazine called restaurant news and then uh,
0: is, is that them though are you sure I, that's not a private
1: i want to say i'm 60 percent sure okay. okay i don't think they do it's okay. somebody else it could be it could be um and then in my dealings with them it's strictly for networking
0: and what kind of networking are you getting from them they
1: would hold uh like mixers And they invite like the lawyers and the architects and stuff like that. So if you need something, you have a business card. They know you, you know them, you know, they, they just host, they're just the host. That's it. They're the host, you know? um, But uh, there was a great example of where they could have stepped in and should have stepped in and maybe put that money to use. There was a restaurant in Santa Monica back uh, six, seven months ago. Uh, They were the, they were allowing outdoor dining in this county. They were um and the restaurant was totally doing outdoor dining, distancing, all that stuff. And they were doing a really they were doing a great. And the owner went up to the chamber of the city and was like, dude, you got to let us you got to let everybody, you know, you got to expand the patios. You got to get us into the street right before all this stuff start, started to happen. And uh, the city's answer to them was they put a fence around their restaurant and closed them.
0: What?
1: Yeah. yeah. And they were closed the entire time because of the city and they had to go through legal fees and they had to go to court and they had to fight and they had to do that stuff. And the restaurant association didn't lift a finger, but that would have been a perfect opportunity for them to do something. And they didn't, yeah. they don't, they don't fight on our behalf. It's like it, the restaurant association is like paying dues to the union. It's worse than paying dues to the union. You know, at least the union will do something for you. You know, the restaurant association doesn't do anything. It's not worth any. It's not worth that. That plaque is not worth the wood and plastic it's made of. You know, in my humble experience with them, it's a waste of time and money.
0: And that's a shame. It, it could is be something very, very good for all. Of
1: us. It could, you know, but they don't. They don't flex. They don't come to bat. They could have gone to bat for. All the restaurants the restaurant association could have gone to bad for every restaurant across the country when we all went into the lockdown
0: yeah well, I mean, they, they say they did they say that they did so yeah and i don't even want to say that okay it's not they've been around forever mm-hmm. and if you actually look at okay maybe this time you guys stepped up a little bit because it was a national platform of shutting down restaurants throughout the country there was a common bond but if you looked at even pre-pandemic, uh-uh. what would you guys really do? You know, how did you guys even explain the, the the pay rate increase, the way it went, where the governors went bam, 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 bam? Yeah. And then not not only with that, which he's well on his right to do, but maybe explain the uh economy behind that and how that's gonna affect people in California. There's I mean, we are American. a powerful voting block. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I know. Very And if we were united more mm-hmm. because of everything that Bo said, I, I don't think we uh, we come to the plate.
1: Yeah, no. Uh, I, agreed. We were I... really
0: into Let's just get people on the bench. We'll never send anybody up to the plate. Let's just yeah. load the bench. in the way the
1: Restaurant Association is saying that they came to bat for us in the restaurant industry by us. That's what I mean. You know, with the pandemic is the same way I can say, hey, guess what? Um, I, I've been exiled out of Russia. Yeah, okay. I'm not, I'm not allowed back. Does it mean anything? Do you, do you no? It, it means nothing. It yeah. means absolutely nothing. You know, it, they, they need to put their money where their mouth is.
0: Yeah. And not only that, every politician probably needs somebody working in the service industry that lost their job. They had to be oh, well, right. You notice how politicians usually don't react until it affects them or somebody they know.
1: Or it affects their voting block.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: You know, and and I don't think a lot of politicians, or our governor out here, or our, the mayor in in some of our bigger cities, they don't know people that work in the industry because they they think they're better than everybody.
0: Well, that was one of the reasons we're here in California, though, people are really upset because he owns or his partners in restaurants.
1: Yes, in a before winery before he got the governor. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah.
0: It, so
1: anyway.
0: Uh, yeah. So anyway, I was just curious if you guys felt the same way. Does the Restaurant Association really pull its own weight? No. Uh, and and it hasn't in years that no. I've known them and been exposed to them. And that would be over almost 20 years, 30 years we're in there. Yeah. I've never seen them step up and do something that was Yes, because you remember here, you get this, this, and this. Hey, yeah. Channel 10 News. Restaurant Association is coming on because they, they're staging a big restaurant closure until... The labor or the labor wage goes down to where it is we can't go
1: out to eat anymore
0: yeah every restaurant enjoy. and, you and know what I mean something like
1: that and you know what you have and and at the same time we have another entity like that, coming into the united <laughs> states which yeah. is which has been primarily in europe before and they actually hold some weight and they actually have standards and that's the michelin star the michelin guide the michelin restaurant guide they're the ones that hands out the rosettes and the stars and that means a lot you know because now we're starting to get michelin you know now granted it's a one michelin star but hey a one michelin star is nothing to sneeze at that means something now they gotta they gotta pay for that right but man then all of a sudden you're in the michelin restaurant guide you know and your restaurant's listed there and people who want to eat at michelin rated Michelin star rated restaurant or even a, a restaurant that has rosettes. For those that don't know, rosettes right under Michelin star. um, You know, and and that generates revenue that if you yeah,
0: get, see, I, I think that I mean, that right there is better than the restaurant association. Oh,
1: for sure, because if you're one or two Michelin star rated restaurant, you're you're pretty much guaranteed you are. All your reservations are now full for the next year. Yeah. That that's money in the bank.
0: Yeah. Much. Yeah. I mean, you're at least getting a whole lot more business because of
1: that. Yeah. Yeah. Because people look at that because they have the the way they rate the Michelin, you know, the way they get a Michelin star is all anonymous. You don't know when you're going to be graded. You and they start the grading like when they call to make a reservation. That's when it starts. You know, and all the way through until they leave the restaurant. Wow. You know, like how they're greeted on their way out how many do
0: they grant per year
1: oh there's no limit how many they can grant per year it's how many they can inspect per year yeah that's the average
0: how many can
1: they oh they just did uh another round god it must have been 200 restaurants and eateries across the across the globe
0: wow that's tight
1: yeah i mean it's but you're looking at anything from a, a three michelin star restaurant that has you know ultra fine dining right and and they're getting three michelin star restaurants you know they're and they're getting that award but they are just dialed but you're paying 500 dollars a person right but you're getting the best champagne you're getting the best of everything but then they also a few years back they handed out a michelin star to a guy i think it was in japan and he works in a subway by himself and he makes teriyaki chicken and it's, it's like Korea. Is yeah. it Korea? Okay. It, it, it
0: could be Japan. But it yeah, was, I know exactly
1: you about. know what I'm talking about. It was one dude who he goes in every morning at like six o'clock and he just fires this thing up and he runs it and all by himself. Line down the street. and There is a line nonstop from the minute he's open to the minute he's closed and the food is on point. And he got a Michelin star.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, so they are not biased amongst any of it. You know, but that to me carries weight right that is a goal to strive for not
0: listen if i'm ever in south korea or tokyo wherever wherever. i'm going i want to go there Mm
1: -hmm. i'll go down in that subway station i'll get that chicken hell yeah you know
0: can you pull that guy up and share him on the the uh, yeah let
1: me give me a give me a
0: i'm curious about that because you mentioned there was you know, it starts as calling in to make the reservation. So what do you do with a guy like that? It's strictly food and then they.
1: Yeah, it's strict. Well, that's why he just got one because there there's criteria on like how to get to to get three Michelin stars. You have to be the owner chef. That's one of the criterias. Wow. Right. You know, if you're not the owner chef and you're just the chef and somebody else owns it, then the highest you can get is two Michelin stars. I did not
0: know that. Yeah.
1: That, what, that's what just is
0: the highest Michelin three, three, so, three
1: is the highest you can get. Yeah.
0: You can get. Yeah. So Tim, while he's looking that up, how often do you go to a Michelin star? Whenever I can. Whenever I travel somewhere, uh I I make sure that I find a spot that is a Michelin star rated restaurant. So is there one located within 50 miles of where you live? Yes, there is. Yeah, there's some in LA. Yep. Really? Yep. I'm sure. Is it did San Diego get me yet?
1: Uh, I did not see any San Diego, but I know in L.A. there's a place. Uh, it's, a, it's a sushi place. Uh, Nananaka, she got. Um, and she's a female Japanese master sushi chef, and she got a Michelin star. Nan- I
0: Nanaka. Vegas, I, I'm eating in a Michelin star place every time I go. Yeah. 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 Oh, how about our place, San Diego? Is he close? Uh, I don't know, but I wouldn't doubt that it's. Far off, far off. I mean, it wouldn't be a stretch. Is born and raised. One? You know what? I don't know. I don't know. But you got one know. out where in your neck of the woods, though? Uh, no. Nothing in Palm Springs. So no, it. nothing. That's strange.
1: Not yeah, not nothing in uh no, nothing in Palm.
0: There's such good dining. Yeah, there is.
1: Okay, you got I think...
0: old Hollywood out there. You would think there's yeah. One or two. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually surprised to hear there's not. Did you say I was souvening my foot? Yeah, I did. <laughs> you still are, aren't you? Yeah. Nice. So anyway, okay. As far as why you're looking that up, found the, it. That's all you did. Yep. What do we got? What's it called?
1: Uh, there's an article. And the title of the article this i have to read the title it's like i ate the world's cheapest michelin star rated meal at two dollars and 25 cent street food dish in singapore we were both wrong singapore i've never gotten better value for my money
0: um i want to see if this shows up on the youtube channel Wait, right, let me see that the screen. uh okay is there an image
1: uh yeah there's an image of the front of the uh the front of the place
0: where am I? Let's see if that pops up for our viewers out there. For people listening on the podcast. What was the name of it again? What's it called?
1: Um, Hawker Chan. If you can see it, this, this is the front Chan, right yeah. here. Hawker Chan. And you can see the menu, right? It's just very, very simple. And he got a Michelin star. Uh, good for him. Yeah. And that that's, what. Well, well, how big would you say that establishment is?
0: Yeah, Two, 600 square feet. About, probably less than that. Less than that. Well, am I'm, i I'm, no, I'm, It's got to go deep a little. Bit. No, look,
1: there's, well, maybe because there's, there's a guy back there. Rice maker. And yeah. Yes, there it is. There's off
0: up on YouTube, so cool. So all of you can see that who are watching us on our yeah, YouTube, there you go. YouTube channel live. Why is it got to be a rice maker?
1: And then, <laughs> why got to be rice? You
0: know, I just had this. <laughs>
1: why is it that had what you? That shape. Why do you, Why is um, that what you got to uh, see? Uh,
0: looks like. Why do you assume it's rice? <laughs> <laughs> he,
1: he could be sous sousving something.
0: Right. Yeah, his feet in there. That's, what he's doing.
1: <laughs> That's the secret to his food. Sous foot. Sub- okay. Sous foot. So, so check this out. I didn't know this. So, his he won his first Michelin star in 2016. Received a star every year, except with the exception of 2020, when Singapore's Michelin Guide was canceled because of the co- because of COVID. Wow. And he's opened two more locations in Singapore and franchises in six other countries. So that's what that business did. That's what that Michelin star did for him is he was yeah. able to take this, open up more locations, and then franchise. Because if you see up here in the right-hand corner, this red circle, that's the Michelin star right there that I'm pointing to.
0: Unbelievable.
1: That means the world. In the culinary and eatery Repeat. that means the absolute point, world. Point it out again? Right here in the upper right-hand right there, corner?
0: Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Right? And then let's see. Um, can I make this? Big, there we go is that bigger that nope it's the yeah. same size is it okay yeah. yeah so right here that's the that's the michelin star stamp now you'll see it's the same stamp it's the same layout except this is one and then if there's two then there's two of them and if there's three there's three of them sometimes they get a plaque oh uh, no they always get a plaque i don't know where his plaque is he probably has it back here it's probably on the lid of the rice cooker um but yeah that's his whole establishment that's what he does And he's the homeboy's got a Michelin star. Unreal, right? I mean, look, a menu with pictures on it. Michelin star.
0: $2.85.
1: Look at that $3.50, $3, $3, $4, $3.80, $2. I mean, man, I just I, I, would almost just fly to Singapore just to eat this food because it's so inexpensive.
0: So in the culinary world, guys, what what do you think is is so good about that food? What do you think he's doing?
1: That food has to be absolutely perfect. Whatever is on his menu has to be the absolute perfection and benchmark of that dish. That's what that Michelin star means.
0: Mm. How about you, Hammerhead? What do you think he's doing? You think it's just seasoning, spices, the rotisserie? Because it looks like he's got full logs up there. Mm-hmm. It's it's all those things, and when that food, when that chicken—if that's what it is—or duck or whatever—let's say, say it's chicken, um it, it is cooked perfectly, and mm-hmm. every one of those, all dozen of those things hanging there, are perfect. Yeah. They his, do look perfect,
1: almost fake. His technique, his style, the way he does it, it comes out absolutely perfect. And I, I guarantee you, the the guy who rated this place or inspected this place, the Michelin star guy that went and did this one, I bet you he went back more than
0: once. Oh, and I'm sure he was hard on him.
1: Yeah, Oh, I'm sure he was because he's like, no way, that had to be a fluke. And then he's like, I'm going to order this other dish. And then that came out great. He's like, no, that can't be it. And then went back again, ordered something else. I was like, God damn, that was good.
0: Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, okay. So that kind of ties it all in of, of what the differences are between a Michelin star and the restaurant association, where yeah. one clearly has serious meaning yeah. uh, in the world of hospitality. And the other one just seems like the club that you want to just join just to say you are. Right? Well, yeah, yeah. like AARP. Yeah, there you go. It's right. Like that. Why disparage AARP? Because they send me shit all the time. <laughs> yeah, what about the Triple A Club, the Good Sam Club, right? All those too, right? Uh, all those good
1: stuff. Let me say this real quick, Darren. They're, okay. The Michelin Star, right? To get a Michelin Star, the benchmark for like the the chefs that really want to be the chefs of the chefs of the chefs, the best of the best of the best of the best. Of the best. Um, I think the record is a three Michelin Star restaurant that you own and operate on. I think it's three different continents is the record
0: well what's his name has three three stars didn't he
1: oh gordon no gordon not yet no, no. alan
0: uh french laundry guy trotter
1: no 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 keller,
0: keller that's keller's
1: going for it i think he might have two on one one continent
0: french laundry and per se mm-hmm
1: Oh, you can have like Gordon Ramsay. I think he's the most decorated chef walking the planet. I think his record is like at one point it was 21 Michelin stars throughout all his restaurants. Is that yeah, right?
0: I think yeah. He, had three, he might have. Like, we should look it up. But yeah. I thought he had three, three Michelin stars. And I don't know if anybody ever
1: did that. Well, it's been done. The biggest thing to do is do it on a different continent, like North America, the European continent, the Asian continent. Right. Like um, different continents. That's that's like the like, oh, my God. You know, because I know Gordon. You
0: gotta pay a lot of attention to detail. detailing. Ton places to get a three star. Yeah,
1: and I I know the only reason I think Gordon Ramsay opened a restaurant in on the Asian continent was to go for that record. Yeah. You yeah. know. Yeah.
0: Have you heard of the name um, Alan Ducasse?
1: Yeah, Alan Ducasse.
0: Alan Ducasse,
1: yes. Ducasse. Yes, he had the three three right. He had the triples.
0: He he is the chef with the most Michelin stars in the world with a total of. One piece thought. Of... Wow, that's amazing. He oh, was so born in 1956 on a farm in Lens region. Alan's and a this. badass. Yeah.
1: He's got a restaurant then, in France where he grow it's it was at one point um, you know, the standard protein duck, all that stuff. And then he flipped it into a vegeta- vegetable restaurant, but he grows the same vegetable in two different types of soil. One's a clay base, one's a dirt base, and he uses the best of wow. what comes out of the ground but he'll like slow smoke a leak for like four hours just to give it the perfect caramelization and all that stuff and he still serves protein but it's like the smaller portion off to the side the dude's the dude's bananas man he's badass The dude see now
0: now if i go to a different article mm-hmm. it's joel rubichon Joel Robichon. Joel <laughs> Robichon. You know that one? Stupid I front of the, the house. house. <laughs> I know it very well. Yes, they're saying he has 31 Michelin stars. Then it's Alan. Uh,
1: 30. Okay, that seems interesting.
0: Impl- Ro- Robichon in Vegas is phenomenal. And then I'm yeah. Gordon Ramsay's 16.
1: Oh, 16 now. Okay.
0: Martin Bergasaguti? Just let him go has eight
1: and then uh, what's his name is name even on this
0: list yet what's his name uh keller yeah keller i think um, he's got one he's on a different
1: list but uh seven lawsuits
0: <laughs> yeah yeah he's, bankruptcies yeah exactly. i
1: think i think the french laundry only got one michelin star
0: thomas keller is on here uh the top michelin star chefs throughout the years and he's on that list along with some other people and and how many more than one you think so i don't know bouchon has one
1: yeah but i mean french laundry i can see having one per se maybe
0: per se it's got one or two yeah three
1: because I don't think we have a three Michelin star restaurant, if, and I haven't looked at this year's list throughout. In
0: in New yeah,
1: York. It, but I don't think we have a three Michelin star restaurant in the continental United States. I don't. I don't think because we don't. Uh, we don't believe in major D's. Oh, is that is that one of the
0: requisites? Yeah,
1: that that's one of the things. Is a major D? I mean, we have sommeliers and we have floor managers and we have all that, but the major D is supposed to be all that in one like a personal concierge almost in the restaurant. You know, it, so I don't, it, but again, I haven't looked at, at 2021's list yet, you know, in depth.
0: All right, the six California restaurants rated three stars by Michelin. Okay. You're ready as of October 4th, 2021.
1: hmm
0: They are, drum roll please. Uh, Al, uh, Altier, Altier Crin, Atelier Crin, A T E L I E R. And where is it at? San Francisco.
1: Altier. Okay. Michael Mia. Uh, nice yeah. Michael Mia.
0: Another one. Uh, Binu, B E N U. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Binu. Yeah. Where's that? San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah, they got that wine country. Yeah, Ooh. they do. Uh, French Laundry, which both of you mentioned. That got three? And yeah. That's in Yonkville. Yon-
1: that's in a winery.
0: Okay, then uh, Man Manresa, M A N R E S A Manresa, and that's in Los Gatos. Hmm. Wow. Still
1: north, oh, Los Gatos. Uh,
0: Quince, Quincy, Quince, Quince, Quince mm-hmm. in uh, San Francisco. Hmm. Uh, single Thread in Helzberg. You guys know where that is? No. Uh, Sonoma. Ooh. Yes, isn't okay. that right up there in uh, I mean, I'll, single I'll, thread in Sonoma in 2016. Uh, is that did you say Hell's, Hell's Kitchen? Isn't that up there 74 on the way uh above Elsinore? Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> the one, that's the one uh, topspin in Yeah, is- top. okay. yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> nothing gets Michelin stars like ping pong, baby.
0: If I could give it, that's who I could. So, ladies and gentlemen, I know this started as far as the restaurant association, and then turned into Michelin star, but it's interesting about clubs who you so- associate with. But it just proven quality is everything. Uh-huh. We'll see you soon next week. Thank you for joining us, and have a great week. Bye bye.